Well, tonight is our growing leaders message, and I always say that everyone can lead someone. I mean, if you're a born-again Christian, believe me, there are people that you can impact, people that you can influence. Now, if you are a mom or dad or a grandparent, or you know, I, I'm just telling you, you better be doing some leading, right? But if you're a, a, a boss, what an opportunity you have. You know, if you serve in some position of ministry, what an opportunity that you have. But tonight, um, we're going to talk about being a leader without a title. David is known as one of the greatest kings. In fact, in some regards, you'd, you'd have to say the greatest king of Israel uh, because of the way that the Lord honored him and acknowledged him and said that that his his that would that his how do you say that that his his throne would last forever that his kingdom that was I'm not saying it right you know what I'm going to leave that alone I'm just going to move on so anyway but here feet of clay. Here's, here's the thing though. We're going to talk about the period of time in David's life before he became king. So he was a leader without a title. Now there's another message about David being the leader as king and, and that, I'm going to get to that message. But for tonight we're going to talk about David leading without a title. Most people kind of think that you need a position to really lead. You need a title to really lead. But when somebody has to have position or title to lead, they're not really a leader. Now, that's the truth. And I just, I just see, this is an encouraging message because um, all of us at times are not in that position of a leader, depending on where we are, who we are. I mean, if I was preaching to the young people tonight, I'd be saying, now, some of you young people, you're not, you're not the leader position in your family, but you know what? You could lead your family. You can be a leader in your family spiritually. And I'm saying to you tonight that in your workplace, you're not the boss. Guess what? You can still be a leader spiritually. And wherever you are, you don't need a title. You don't need a position to be a leader. And David is such a great example of that. You know, David was anointed to be king. And yet it was probably about 15 years before he actually became king of Judah. 22 years before he was king of Israel. And in that time... See, that was a long time. David was still a great leader. As long as King Saul was still alive, David never promoted himself as king. He never pursued being king. He never did anything to try to take the throne, to try to usurp authority. It's, it's amazing, even though this young man was anointed to be king... He didn't, you know, he didn't say, hey, I'm supposed to be the king now. God's anointed me. I'm the one. Get out of the way. It's time for me. No, there was none of that. And year after year, imagine that, 15 years, David refused to try to take the throne. You know, he, 
He could have made a thing about it. I'm just telling you, most people would have done that. Most people would have said, hey, it's my time. But David didn't do that. Instead, he had great respect for that position of authority and for King Saul. And there were men who followed David, hundreds and hundreds of men who followed David, even though he had no title, even though he had no position. They were willing to follow David into a cave. They were willing to follow David into battles. They were willing to die for David. That's a real leader. When you got people that will follow you anywhere, that will die for you, I'm telling you, that's a real leader. And he didn't have a title. He didn't have a position of any kind. Even when he's a fugitive. Even when David was being hunted by King Saul. They still followed him. They were still with him all all the time, all the way. But the leadership principles we're going to talk about tonight, I'm telling you, they work for anyone because they're proven to work without position, without title. You know, sometimes when we feel like the leader, this is weird for me to be talking about this as a pastor maybe in a way, but, you know, when we feel like the leader, because some of you think I'm not doing what we ought to be doing, but anyway, when you feel like the leader's not doing this or not doing that, but, you know, I'm nobody, I just want to tell you that God can use you right where you are. You don't have to have a position or a title. Now, we're going to cover a whole lot of the book of Samuel tonight, or First Samuel, that is, and uh, I'm going to read quite a bit, but I encourage you to read David's story beginning in 1 Samuel chapter 16 through the end of the book. And I just want to tell you that once you start into it, it's a really easy read and, and you'll just keep reading because it's so interesting. It's so amazing, all of the things that happened in David's life. But you'll get a lot out of it. It says, we're just going to kind of you know, skim through tonight. But when Saul had disobeyed the Lord, the Lord chose David to be the leader of his people. Why did God choose David? The Lord told the prophet Samuel to go to Jesse's house and anoint one of his sons as king. And when Samuel goes and he sees Eliab, the oldest, he thought for sure this is the guy. I mean, I guess he just had the right look, you know. He, he must have been tall and good looking and probably had charisma and Samuel sees him and he's like, this is the guy, this is the one. And the Lord says, no. Well, in fact, I just want to read to you. The Lord spoke to Samuel, 1 Samuel 16, 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. Now, a lot of times people like to pretend that they look at the heart. Um, I got to tell you, we look at the outward appearance. I mean, we try to see what people really are, but none of us can see like the Lord can. We look at the outward appearance. In fact, consider this. The great prophet Samuel, this man was truly a great prophet that God used mightily. 
And he looked at the outward appearance. He said, oh, this must be the one. This is the guy. And I'm telling you, we are subject to that same weakness. But the Lord is able to see the heart. And here's what I want to say to you, is that the Lord picked David because of his heart. In fact, when the Lord said that he was going to replace Saul, he said, I have found a man after my own heart. And you see, David had a good heart. Here's the first leadership trait. You want to be a leader without a title, without, without any kind of position? You need to have a good heart. This is the most important thing. This is why God picked David. It was because of his heart. He had a heart to obey God. He had a heart to do the right thing. He wasn't perfect. In fact, we all know about David's great victories. You know, killed Goliath, right? Y'all read the stories, right? I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy, you and me know. We also all pretty much know about David's great failure. You know, Bathsheba. Y'all have heard that name, right? And, but here's the thing. Yes, he made mistakes. No, he wasn't perfect. But he had a good heart. And again and again and again... There were so many times that David obeyed God and he did the right thing because he had a good heart. I'm not going to take a lot of time to talk about the heart, but I just want to tell you a little bit that the heart is the seat of the will. You know, a lot of times now we think the heart, oh, that's just where you feel stuff. You know, Valentine's Day, you got the heart, it's all about the touchy-feelies. But scripturally, the heart is also, it is the seat of the will. It's where we choose It's where we choose to do right or wrong. And as I said, David made some wrong choices, but almost all the time, David chose right. He chose to obey God and do what the Lord wanted him to do. Remember this, Jesus said that it's out of our heart that comes all kinds of things. See, if you got a good heart, good's going to come out. If you don't have a good heart, guess what? There's all kinds of junk that's going to come out. And so this is such an important quality in a leader is to have a good heart, to be willing to choose to do what's right, to follow the Lord's will, do what God wants. And, you know, the Lord, (laughs) he chose a leader with a good heart. I wish that we would choose leaders with a good heart. We, we tend to choose leaders by, you know, who we think will serve our interest. Well, that sounds good, right? Let me tell you what's a whole lot better. Choose a leader that has a good heart. Mm. Choose a leader that's not, you know, let me just put it this way. Choose a leader that's got character and integrity, a good heart. Okay, moving along. But... I'm just telling you, this is how the Lord chooses a leader. He chooses somebody with a good heart. We all know, as I said, we know the stories that made David famous, like defeating Goliath. And, you know, the amazing thing that happened was that immediately when David killed Goliath, he was thrust into the limelight. I mean, before that, you know, he was that shepherd boy. Now, God was already moving and working in his life. He had already killed a lion and a bear. I mean, he already knew God was awesome and powerful and that he could trust God. But now he was, when he killed Goliath, all of a sudden he was famous. All of a sudden everybody knew his name. And I want to read to you from 
First uh, Samuel seventeen thirty through. Uh, well, we'll just start with verse thirty-seven. Seventeen, verse thirty-seven. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Now see, David, he was not some arrogant little punk, you know, this punk teenager. He thinks he's something. That was not what this was. This wasn't about David thinking he was so bad. You notice, very, just, it's very plain there. He says, the Lord... The Lord that delivered the lion and the bear will deliver this Philistine into my hand. His, his faith and trust was in the Lord. It wasn't in his ability. And I just want you to see this, that this was all about him trusting God and believing God. So here's the second quality, great quality in a leader. You don't have to have a, a position. You don't need a title to have this quality. Faith. Being able to trust God, to believe God. Now, for time's sake, I'm going to drop to verse 45 and read from there. It says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and with spirit, or with spear and with javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. I'm telling you, over and over and over, he gives the glory to God. Over and over and over, he's talking about how the Lord is going to do this. He gives all the glory to God, but he has absolute confidence. In fact, when David says this, the next thing that he does is he starts figuring out a way he can sneak up on this big dude. No, the Bible says he runs towards him. He just dead runs at him. No fear. You know why? Because his faith and trust was in the Lord. Want to, be, want to be a leader? You want to lead? You can lead anywhere you are if you, if you really believe God and trust God. People that you're around, I'm telling you, here's the crowd. Well, we don't know. We don't know what we're going to do. Maybe God will help us. Maybe he won't. Here's the leader. We're believing God. We're trusting God. God will make a way. God can turn this around. That makes you a leader. See, the leader is not the follower. That's real profound, isn't it? I mean, if, you, if you're going to lead, sometimes you're going to have to be willing to go against the voices of the crowd. Because I'm going to tell you, for David, he had King Saul telling him he couldn't do it. He's, you're just a boy. You you can't go. His brothers were mad that he even showed up at the, at the battle. And all of those other people, they're all trembling in their boots. They're all scared to death. There's no way. There's no way. But David was a true leader because he had faith in God. And I want to say it one more time. His confidence, it was not the arrogance of a young man, but it was just simply faith in God. He knew that God would fight this battle. 
if he just showed up. He really, he separated himself from the fray because of his faith. You know, the normal thing is to walk by sight. But when you walk by faith, it sets you apart. There's another quality that was evidenced that day. David was willing to do what others would not do. Real obvious. I mean, everybody else stood back and watched. Everybody else, they were all doing the same thing. I mean, his brothers and all these mighty men of war dressed in their armor and their swords and spears, they're all just standing out there. Not just for a little while. This was going on day after day. They just all stood out there. They're all doing the same thing. But David shows up and he's willing to do something that nobody else will do. Oh, man. This is a great principle of leadership for anybody. You don't, need a, you don't need a position. You don't need a title. Just be willing to do what nobody else is willing to do. See, if you're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, you're not leading. You've got to be willing to do what nobody else is willing to do. And you, you see this in David over and over again. It's just such an obvious truth, but if you're doing the same thing as everybody else, you're not really leading. So I want to clarify, though. I think it's so important. I'm not talking about being weird. I'm not talking about being different just for the sake of being different. I'm not talking about, you know, just doing something novel so you'll get noticed. No, I'm not talking about playing games. I'm talking about being willing to step out in faith. I'm talking about being willing to obey God. I'm talking about being willing to lay aside your fears like David and instead trust God. Being willing to do what others won't do. Too many that want to lead try to do so by conforming. That's not the way it works. David did what nobody else would do, and he became a leader in their eyes forever. They would follow him anyway, anywhere. And listen, the next point goes right along with that. David never asked anyone to do anything that he himself wouldn't do. Now, there's a whole lot of that in our world. Leaders that want to tell other people to do stuff they would never do. David wasn't like that. He didn't tell the men, hey, y'all go fight. He led them into battle. It's really amazing what happened in this story. David kills Goliath. And he didn't even have to ask the men to fight. He didn't say, hey, come on, you cowards, let's get them. He didn't have to say anything. He kills Goliath, and all of the, all, the whole army of Israel takes off after those Philistines and slaughtered them. Why? Because they had a leader that was willing to lead them. A man that was willing to do what nobody else would do. And he didn't ask them to do anything he wouldn't do. 
There was a time when Saul put David over some men and he's hoping to get rid of David. And It's amazing how that, those, that David's men would follow him anywhere, no matter what was going on, no matter what happened, they stuck with David. But David would never put his men in harm's way intentionally. He, he would put himself in harm's way before he would put his men in harm's way. You know, some, pe- some leaders think that they're more important than everybody else, and they put themselves first. They're, just, they're more interested in protecting themselves than caring for those that are entrusted to them. David was not that way. And I'm just telling you, if you want to lead, if, you, if people know that you care about them, they'll listen to you. I worked for a pastor one time. Um, and I just want to say, most pastors have a good heart, okay? But I worked for one pastor one time, and uh, he told me, he said, he said, now if anything ever goes wrong between us he said you'll have to take the blame for the kingdom's sake well it did and it wasn't for the kingdom's sake it was for his sake but I'm just telling you there's there's a lot of leaders in this world that that's the way it is you know they're going to watch out for themselves and take care of themselves but you don't see that in David no you see a man that wanted to take care of his men I want to point this out to you again. Even though Saul sought to kill David and hated him and pursued him, there are at least two occasions that David could have killed Saul and he didn't. He wouldn't touch Saul because God had anointed him king. 1 Samuel 24.10, he says this, Look, this day... Your eyes have seen that the Lord delivered you today into my hand in the cave, and someone urged me to kill you, but my eye spared you. And I said, I will not stretch out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. And I want to make the point here because this is another really important principle of leadership. David had great respect for authority. I mean, he's being pursued by the king. Saul is trying to kill him. And yet, when given the opportunity, David won't touch Saul. He had such respect for the authority that God had established. Even though Saul is a bad king, even though he's trying to kill him, even though he doesn't deserve this kind of loyalty, David shows respect for the position that he holds. So many people who want to lead are not willing to be led. They badmouth, they undermine those in authority. And, you know, the Lord had already said that David was going to be king, but David wasn't going to make that happen by his own hand. He left that in the hands of God for God to fulfill that. He was not going to disrespect the authority that God had established. And I encourage you, you know, if you work for a bad boss, don't undermine them. Try to make them successful. You do what's right. 
See, David had that kind of heart to do what's right even when he was being mistreated. And God rewarded that. God knew who he was. He knew he was that way when he chose him. But David would not seek vengeance himself. He would not uh, take that opportunity against Saul. Now, Samuel chapter 25, it tells one of my favorite stories. It begins there. It's about uh, how David's men had watched over the flocks of Nabal. And uh, at one point, when David's men were hungry, he had told them they could ask Nabal if they could have some sheep, just, to, just enough to eat. And Nabal disrespects them, won't give them anything, and says some ugly things to them. And David gets word of it, and he sets out to get vengeance on this guy, Nabal. Nabal's wife comes to meet David to stop him. She brings food and drink for the men, and she asks David not to take vengeance into his own hands. And David realized that he was doing wrong, and he repented. Now, think about this. This is his enemy's wife, and she has come to him. Why would he listen to her? I'm just telling you that this is a great quality for any leader. You got to be willing to listen to godly counsel. David was willing to listen to godly counsel. Sometimes we don't like maybe who God uses to tell us. I mean, the Lord can use a donkey. But I'm just telling you this. The great quality in leadership is to be able to listen to godly counsel. Because we all miss it sometimes. We all make mistakes. And David was about to make a terrible mistake. And he listened to what this woman said. To me, she's almost like a type of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever gotten really mad and you just wanted vengeance or maybe it was something else? You, you were about to do something wrong and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just convicted you and showed you that wasn't right. But sometimes God uses somebody to speak to you and we just have to be willing to take correction. Great leadership trait. Opposite of that, a leader who can't listen, a leader who can't ever take correction. Oh, so much pride issue there. But this is really an amazing story how that David leaves vengeance to the Lord. And it's interesting to me that this happened at this point in his life because if you read the rest of the story of David's life in the scripture, you'll see over and over there are many times that David could have sought vengeance on people and he didn't. I think this was a lesson that he learned and he, he kept that principle from then on that he didn't seek vengeance. But he listens to this woman, the wife of his enemy. He realizes he's doing wrong and he repents. He decides to let God take care of it. Sometimes pride just gets in the way. 
We've got to be willing to listen. I mean, sometimes it might be your child that says something to you, and you're like, well, I know better than they do. Sometimes you need, out of the mouths of babes, the Scripture says, sometimes you just need to listen. Who knows who God might use to speak to you. Anybody besides me ever been convicted by something a child said? Oh, yeah, some of you have. Some of you have, and you just didn't know it. But anyway, so here's what happened. I'll tell you, the Lord took care of it. 1 Samuel 25, 38. Then it happened after about 10 days that the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. David didn't do anything. 10 days later, Nabal's dead. Wow, that's harsh, isn't it? I'm telling you, the Lord is able to avenge you. That's still not the end of the story. I'm going to go to verse 30. We'll start on verse 39. I'm going to read through 42. So when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. And David sent and proposed to Abigail to take her as his wife. When the servants of David came to Abigail at Carmel, they spoke to her saying, David sent us to you to ask you to become his wife. Then she arose, bowed her face to the earth and said, here's your maidservant, a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. So Abigail rose in haste and rode on a donkey attended by five of her maidens and she followed the messengers of David and became his wife. Wow. I tell you, when the Lord avenges you, he, he can really overdo it. You know what I'm saying? But I can tell you this, that, the, that David's men saw how that he did the right thing. And they saw how God blessed him again and again and again. Next leadership principle we're going to look at is one that can be seen over and over in the life of David. If you read his story in the scripture, David inquired of the Lord. You want to be a leader? You don't need a title. Inquire of the, of the Lord. Now, I could just say David prayed. But so often when you say pray, people get the idea of, you know, we're going to tell God what he needs to do in this situation. And that is not at all what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that when David was in a difficult situation, he didn't just tell God what he needed to do. He asked God, what do I do? And this is such a powerful thing. Every leader needs to, to do this. What do I do? Because we don't know everything. We don't always know what the best thing is or the right thing. We need to inquire of the Lord. And I'm telling you, David did this again and again and again in the Scripture. He didn't just ask God to bless what he was doing. He asked God to show him what he was to do. 1 Samuel 23, I'm going to read 1 through 5. They told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah, and they're robbing the threshing floors. And there David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. 
But David's men said to him, look, we're afraid here in Judah. How much more if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord again. Now I want to point something out to you. So his men are all afraid and they come to David and they're like, hey. And get this, David listened to them. But he didn't just do what they wanted. Instead, he goes back to prayer and he inquires of the Lord again. He's willing to admit he's wrong. See, he goes back to pray again. He's like, you know, Lord, are you sure? Is this what I'm supposed to do? Did I miss it? Because here's the thing. You can't just take a vote. You can't just go with popular opinion. To lead in difficult times, you got to hear from the Lord. So David inquires of the Lord again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow, and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. I'm telling you, the men gave their opinion. David listened to them, but when it was all said and done and he had prayed and he knew what God wanted, he said, hey, let's go and get this. Because he was such a great leader, even though they were afraid, when their leader said, you know what, I've heard from God, it's time to go, they went. And they had a great victory. But even the best of leaders can lose their popularity sometimes. I mean, you think about Moses, the great man of God in the wilderness and how at one point the people want to stone him. Well, David had a similar thing happen. David and his men came to Ziklag where they lived. On the third day, the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and attacked Ziklag. They burned it with fire. They took captive the women and those who were there, small and great. They didn't kill anyone, but they carried them away and went their way. So David and his men come back to their city. It's all burned, and all of their women and all their kids are all gone, and they all began to weep. It says in Samuel, 1 Samuel 30 and verse 4, that David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until there was no more power to weep. I mean, they cried until they couldn't cry anymore. And get this, David cried too. It was a terrible situation. David's wives had been taken captive. David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. Verse 6. The people spoke of stoning him because all the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. Here's what happened. Verse 6, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. Another translation says David encouraged himself in the Lord. This is such a powerful principle for leaders. There's times when nobody's going to pat you on the back. There's times when everybody's going to be upset, especially if you're in a position of leadership. I'm telling you this happens. But there's times when people are not going to be happy with you. 
There's times when everybody else is going to be mad and upset, looking for somebody to blame. And you're going to have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You can't be like everybody else. You can't stay down. Yeah, it hurts, and you cry too, like David did. But you got to get up. You can't stay down if you're going to lead. You got to stir yourself up in the Lord. You got to begin to pray and seek God and encourage yourself in the Lord. That's right. And then what did he do? In verse 8, it tells us, So David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? Stir yourself up. Encourage yourself in the Lord. And ask God, what do I do? Wow. David knew what to do. Go to God and ask God. But there's one more principle here. I just I want to go back to this one more time. He encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, if David hadn't have turned that corner himself, if he hadn't have said, you know what, I'm not going to stay down. I'm going to get up. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. If he hadn't have turned that corner, not only would they have not only would they have stoned him, none of them would have gotten their wives and children back. But because he was willing to rise up and encourage himself in the Lord, turned it all for victory. They were all rescued and safe. They got all their, their stuff back. I'm just telling you, sometimes you just got to stir yourself up. I mean, in your family, there may be all kinds of terrible things going on. It's okay to cry, but you, you got to get to that place where you turn that corner and you say, you know what? It's time to trust God. It's time to just believe and just, we're going to pray. We're, gonna, we're not going to stay down. Amen. Reminds me of Micah. When I fall, I shall arise. I'm going to get back up and keep going. And I'll tell you, God will always come through. These are just some simple principles of leadership I see in the life of David. There's so many in his life, but these simple principles, it's amazing to me. These were all things, these are stories and principles that he lived out in his life when he had no title, no position. And yet God used him as a mighty leader. So I encourage you, wherever you are, your walk of life, your sphere of influence, God can use you. Stand with me. We're going to pray.